Are you ready to know your worth and identity in the body of Christ? Are you ready for kingdom conversations with kingdom people? Welcome to the Recovery to Recovered podcast. I'm your host, Caleb McCall, and I will be guiding you through the word with preaching and teaching and empower you to know who you are in Christ Jesus. Hello and welcome into the Recovery to Recovered podcast. Man, am I pumped about today. We have a special guest on the show today, Evangelist Chris Brooks. How you doing, man? Doing great, Caleb. How are you doing? Dude, I'm good. I'm good. Folks, if you don't know who this guy is, you're going to have a, a nice introduction to him today, man. He is a voice <laughs> in my life, uh, uh, what I would consider a, a spiritual father, a mentor. If anybody, any of y'all know me, you know I, I have the heart of an evangelist. I believe that um, I'm already going to do some things on a smaller level, but I believe that one day I'll get to travel the world and uh, and preach the gospel. And this man right here um, is, a, is a solid voice in my life. I trust him. Uh, I know him personally very well, and I'm just excited to have him on the show today to release a word, talk about recovery in the church, recovery in, a, in the recovery community, in the church, in the body of Christ, what that looks like. Because, man, he's been seeing some incredible things on the road, um, people being delivered, healed, set free, miracles, signs, and wonders. Amen. So, um, Chris, for our audience who doesn't know you, man, you mind uh, to give them a little background on you, and then we're going to jump right into this thing, talk about some tough topics today, but we're going to get right into it, man. You mind to just give them a little bit about you? Yeah, sure. Um, born and raised in Henderson, Texas, good old Texas boy. I uh, oh. grew up Grew up in the Southern Baptist home where we went to, I told everybody that we went to every church in the town except for First Baptist Church because dad said he didn't want to go to a big church. And I told people, I said that if Jesus would have walked in the church back then, I probably would have slapped him in the face because I wouldn't have known who he was. Because mm. all mm. I did was uh, go to church, but I wasn't in the church. And we, I'm on, sure we'll yeah. talk more about that here in a minute. Um, ended up getting into what me and you've talked about before, ended up getting into drugs with dabbling with marijuana and started smoking cigarettes, hanging out with the wrong crew, started drinking when I was 13 and remember drinking every time dad would say, go get me a beer. I'd take a swig out of it before I go (laughs) take it to him. And that's literally where it started. Um, then ended up leaving home around 18 went into the military and that's when I ran the hardest from God um got what I thought was getting away from drugs and got caught more up into the drugs and the alcohol scene uh I remember walking into the dorm room or my barracks in Fort Hood Texas and my two roommates were snorting coke right there on the table when I walked in I said what's going on uh come to find out the largest drug dealer in Fort Hood Texas was my roommate Wow. And everybody got busted and turned evidence over so we wouldn't get in trouble. I didn't mm. get in trouble because I wasn't really involved in it. I just happened to be in that room. Yeah. Uh, left there, went overseas and found out, my God, you can get more drugs overseas. You can't in America. Right. Uh, dealt with all of that. I was in just multiple car wrecks. I was in two car wrecks over there, drunk, both mm. of them. Uh, T-boned in one and another one, I flipped my car six times bumper to bumper through a cornfield. Um, and then crawled out the window, walked three miles home and thought that I was Superman mm-hmm. and ended up getting more and more and more, you know, just sucked into that whole alcohol lifestyle. And we mean, you talked about this and you said, well, would you consider yourself an alcoholic? And I said, no, but most people wouldn't consider themselves alcoholic, but those that drink every single day until they black out, we've got an issue. Right. Um, right. 
So all of that took place and then um, came out of the military in 1999 and went back home, ended up uh, meeting this girl over in a bar, which is now my wife, which that was crazy. <laughs> and uh, her family, which you talk about miracles, her sister got healed of glaucoma at this First Assembly of God Church in Shreveport, Louisiana. Come on, man. So they wanted, they invited us to come over there. And Davey could, my wife, Davey, she could tell you, said I had a lot of churchy lingo, but had no relationships. So I could tell you a bunch of stuff that was living like hell. Yeah. Ended up going to church. Uh, Davey got saved. It took me a little bit longer because uh, I had a horrible attitude. Ended up going to jail for assault and battery. And in jail, the Lord spoke to me and said, Chris, it's time for you to straighten up and get your stuff straight mm. and get your life right. And I said a prayer, but then I went to church and I committed myself to the Lord in 1999. Come on. Uh, left When I got up off that floor, man, I knew that something had shifted, something had changed. And little by little, God started working things out of me. I never drank another beer. I quit smoking cigarettes. I quit running and doing stupid stuff. And um, Ended up, God blessed me, blessed me with an incredible job at uh, Halliburton as a chemical engineer. We've talked about that. Yep, I had yep. no no college education, no old field experience, but I had Jesus. Come and on, yes. He's the one that set the whole thing up. And I went from making $600 every two weeks to six figures overnight. Yeah. And then, then started working with the students at our church. And the Lord said, you know, I've called you. And I wasn't really sure which direction that he had called me, but the church, they always know which direction they called you. And so, <laughs> so they said, you know what, you'd be good in student ministry. And I stepped in there and stayed there for like 16 years wow. and was a student pastor, family pastor. Uh, me and my wife worked with uh, married couples and worked with students. And we did that for 16 years. And after the 16 years, we stepped out into full-time evangelism and we've been walking in the full-time evangelism side for uh, four years now. Wow. Wow. That's incredible, man. That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, with you being in youth ministry, um, you know, I actually got connected with you through, of course, our church canvas, but that all stemmed and, and came about with Delilah, who I believe was in part of your student ministry, wasn't yeah, she? Yeah, Delilah. Yeah, she came to our student ministry. As Delilah part of the Curtis. Department. Yeah, sure was. Great. Rose up a generation of uh, young people that, that love the Lord and that are still on fire today. I mean, yeah, you man. can't put a price on that stuff. You can't. It, it's, it's even, uh, you know hard to explain the amount of joy that something like that can bring to you and the fulfillment and the purpose that, uh, that God had for you in that season. And, and now seeing yeah. you step out into the full-time evangelism, you and, and your wife, Davey, I mean, it's just, you're having a huge impact all over the country, man. And I honor yeah. you for that. It's, it's incredible. Uh, you know, Chris, one thing we always talk about on the show, which I mentioned to you before we jumped on is, is talking about recovery in the church, um, you know, and what that role is, um, you know, what does that look like for you being on the road as an evangelist? You know, we've had pastors, I've had pastors on the show. Uh, you're actually the first full-time evangelist, um, that I've had on the show, I had other directors on the show that do what I do as far as faith-based recovery communities and, and directing these programs. And really what we are is discipleship programs. The world looks at us as a faith-based drug and alcohol rehabilitation center, but really what we are is a discipleship program. I'm teaching men and women, Jesus now. In return, they're being set free from drugs and alcohol. Um, but you as an evangelist, being on the road all the time, you know, seeing 
uh, what's going on, seeing people delivered. You mind to touch on that for a little bit with us and, and let us know what it is that you're seeing, what you believe the, the church's role is in the, this community of people coming out of addiction. I mean, our president has deemed this literally a crisis in our country mm-hmm. with the opioid mm-hmm. crisis and all of this craziness that's going on with drug abuse in our country. And people mm-hmm. are dying every single day. I mean, can you just talk about that, touch on that for a little bit with us? Sure. Um, something that you just said just then about what the president has been talking about is that in the in the, the decrease of the economy and all the mess going on, there has been an increase of drug addiction, suicide, and all these things happening because that's what the world is turning to. Right. And it is the it is the responsibility of the church to be there in order to show the world where to turn and leave the darkness because we're supposed to be the light that penetrates that darkness. Right. Um, I heard it said that, you know, if you look at your hand, your hand is actually the understanding of the fivefold ministry. But mm-hmm. if you were to look at your hand, that your thumb is actually the apostle. For the apostle actually is the only member in your hand that can touch the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. Wow, that's so good. You see how they all touch one another. The apostle mm-hmm. can touch all of the other branches of the fivefold ministry. We have to have an apostolic voice in our life, which we believe is a father figure, one that um, actually oversees and helps bring God and some wisdom in the ministry. Then you have the prophet. And the prophet right here is the the shooter, okay? The prophet is the one that goes in there and points that finger and says, this is what needs to happen. This is what needs to take place. I hear the voice of the Lord coming. And we've got to make sure that we have the uh, proper individual as a prophet in our life and make sure that they're hearing from God and they're not listening to a bunch of other myths. Um, Mm. And to get to me, the evangelist, if you look at the hand, the evangelist sticks out further than all of them. So he's the first one in. Mm. So the evangelist is the first one that comes in there and is a draw. Now, I believe that all fivefold are for the same purpose. For the Bible says that I've given you these, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher for the equipping of the body of believers. Right. So we have to back up and understand that the role of the evangelist, we, that we used to think the role of the evangelist was to come in and we hold a huge revival and the evangelist comes in and draws everybody in. Mm-hmm. And that's not true. Mm. Okay. On. And here, and here's why. If we rely upon the evangelist to be the only one that draws the people in when the evangelist leaves, the church does nothing. Oh, come on now. So see, we are still a part of the equipping of the body of saints. So the evangelist's responsibility is to come in and stir stuff up. The prophet, mm. the, the, now remember, the apostle comes in and oversees everything. The prophet says, yeah. this is what you need to do. And the evangelist says, I've come to stir that thing up in you. Wow, that's good. I've come to stir up the word that the apostle and the prophet has spoken. I've come to stir the body into the equipping of the saints. And then the pastor begins to shepherd and lead them. And the teacher begins to provide the teaching and the understanding of what it is that they need. Am I making sense right now? Yes. Oh, yes. That's so so good. So as the evangelist, my sole responsibility, and and I've told you this, and and I want to get it out there to your listeners. Um, the Lord said, I want you to restore the office of the evangelist for many evangelists have gone. And there's not many of us out there. Mm-hmm. I, I barely know many full-time evangelists that are not on a staff at a church getting paid, you know, monthly at a church. Right, right. Not many of us out here that are saying, all right, God, it's just you and me. And yeah. you just, you, you are my provider. You are my 
uh, supplier, you're my employer, you write my check. So wherever right. it is you send me, I will go. Right, right. That being said, the Lord said this, he goes, when you go into a house, I want you to speak to the pastor and to the church and tell them that I am called to the man of the house. I'm called to undergird the pastor, lift him up, honor that pulpit and leave that house better than the way that I found it. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And, and that's what we got to do. If, if we will go into the church, Caleb, and we will leave that house better than we found it and just say what the Holy Spirit's telling us to say and do what the Holy Ghost is telling us to do. When we leave, not only are they going to want you to come back, but the testimonies will continue and ripple because mm -hmm. you came in and you dive bombed in that place, but you did it in a way that turned people to God and didn't turn them away from God. Yeah, come on. Yeah, so many times good. we come and they try to do a, a cannonball in there and the ripples go out and they never come back in. Right. It should be, I'm cannonballing to teach you how to do a cannonball so that when we splash, everybody gets wet. Right, right. That's Amen. so good. Yeah, yeah. That's good. So man. The, the, the evangelist responsibility is to go in there and have the ear of the Lord. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and I would even go as close as far as to say that you better have a little prophetic edge on you to understand what the Holy Spirit is saying mm -hmm. so that you know where to direct your word. I, do I have messages? I go in and preach at churches. Absolutely. Because you probably ain't never heard them before and you need to hear it. Okay. Right, right. So that's one thing. But if I don't go in there with the ear to hear of that community, then in hearing what God's saying about that community, I can reach in and touch their hearts mm -hmm. and shift them into the thinking of the Holy Ghost. And they'll draw those people out that have been hanging on the fences. In doing so, now it is to stir the spirit of the member of the church to be hungry to go out and reach those in their circle of influence. Mm -hmm. the, the, the whole thing, God bless Billy Graham. God bless these people that came and did huge events and, and they brought people in and they saw salvations like crazy. The new season we're in today, we're not looking for a man. We're looking for a kingdom people Come to on. turn the ministry back to the people and say, let's go back to the word of God. Let's go back to James. You've been equipped so that you can go out and do this work. Right, right. You need to go do the work for the work of your circle of influence. They're going to listen to you way more than me. Sure. I used right. to. When I, I used to go to schools when I was in student ministry and I walk into the schools and I did what every other youth pastor did. Hey, go and talk me to your friends. Hey, do this. Hey, talk, talk, talk. One day I ran into this young man and I walked up to him and I said, Hey, how you doing? He said, I got a church. Mm. I said, well, I didn't ask you, <laughs> but he just straight up said, I have a church and I don't need you coming in here and telling me that you want me to come to your church. And the Holy ghost said, it's time to start doing things different. Come on, yeah. They said, when you go in there, I want you to love on your kids, and I don't want you to talk to nobody else. And I said, what, Lord? He goes, they don't want to listen to you. Wow. When I did that, Caleb, and I started mm -hmm. loving on my students, all these other kids started coming around. Mm. And they came around, and they said, you're different than all the other youth pastors. You never ask us to come to your church. You mm -hmm. love on your kids. You, we see you loving on your students. And then when we come around, you just love on us, which mm. is what has drawn us to want to come to your church and be a part of your student ministry. Come on. Yeah. 
So in doing so, I'm not about numbers, but we do got a book of the Bible about it. Sure, yeah. This is everything I say is as Paul said, I say it is under the testimony of the Lord. Come on, yeah. This is how good God is. We started the student ministry in West Monroe, Louisiana, and we had 18 kids. 18. Three and a half years later, we had 350. Come on, Jesus. I'm talking three years. Three and a half years later, we had 350 kids. My goodness. We left there, came to Chattanooga because we felt like that's where the Lord was sending us. We had a hundred and something there and grew to another 300. Mm. And then began to do uh, conferences where we were seeing thousands, 3,000 at a time coming in there. Now watch this. Did we go after the number? Absolutely not. We ran after God and God brought them in. That's right. Yeah. We taught the people how to go love their community, love their school, love their folk, and go do that. When, when kids would visit me and they had a church, I'd tell them, thanks for coming and visiting, but go back to your church. Mm-hmm. Now go get the kids that don't have a church. Right, right. And then they would go reach them and pull them in. So yeah. one of the other things that you asked me a while ago was what are we seeing with the, the testimonies of people being delivered? Mm-hmm. I was sitting in a church in Ohio and the Lord told me this. He said, I want you to call out tobacco. He said, I want you to call it out. Mm-hmm. And I began to call out tobacco. I began to call out all kinds of different stuff. Yeah. The next yeah. day, this guy comes up to me and matter of fact, no, 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 no. Let me back up. I didn't even call out tobacco that night. I spoke and I said, what is the thing that is hindering you from getting closer to God? Mm-hmm. That night I preached on what's hindering you. What is the one thing that's hindering you from getting closer to God? The next day a guy brought a trash bag of thousands of dollars of a roller machine, tobacco His he packed his own cigarettes he said, Chris, I've been doing this for years. And when I went home, the Holy Ghost got a hold of me and said, you want to know what's holding you back from me? It's every time you bring that hand up to your lips. Every time you do that, it's keeping you from getting closer to me. Yeah. Wow. He come in and not only did he bring that bag in, he said, I want to bring it in in front of the church and lay it down on the altar. Come on, man. That night. Brother, and you've seen it. I've done this in your church. Mm-hmm. We called it out and people brought vapes. They brought more packs of cigarettes. They brought alcohol. I was in a church. Oh, my Lord. I'm in a church in Florida. And I said, whatever you got, bring it in here. This dude runs out to the truck and brings a fifth of Jack Daniels. I said, <laughs> brother's in the church right now and got a fifth in the truck for afterwards. My goodness. My and goodness. brings it in and pours it out. <laughs> Come on, man. I've seen students run back to their dorm rooms, college students, mm. and bring drugs, paraphernalia, um, pornography, whatever, and throw it on the altar. Yeah. And we watch yeah. them get free. Yes. Why? Come on. Because we go in there and preach the word of truth. We share right. the gospel of Jesus Christ. I, I want to touch on that real quick. So we're talking, you know, you, you mentioned cigarettes and things like that. When we talk about the recovery community, so so my program, Be the Bush Recovery Ministries, people don't even realize we accept anybody who has a life-controlling issue, addiction, period. So many people 
are willing to downplay some of these things. Like you're talking about being used for the kingdom and things. You know, I know of people that spend four and $500 a month on cigarettes. My goodness, what would happen if you could invest and sow that into the kingdom of God? Come on, somebody. My goodness. And we're talking about deliverance. You know, people don't understand this too with, with our ministry. And, and of course, the office of an evangelist, man, walking, running around and seeing people delivered and set free. You know, yeah. I tell, I tell our students all the time. It's like, you know, do you want to go to a rehab center and get clean? You know, maybe get clean for a couple of weeks, get clean for a couple, or do you want to be set free? Mm-hmm. You know, that's the difference. Secular rehabilitation, they'll help people get clean for a little bit, but I want to show men and women how to be set free by the power of the gospel. Live free, live in freedom. What does Galatians 5.1 say? It says, stand fast, therefore, in your freedom. Christ has set you free. Now stay free, right? stay free. Stay free. And how do you do that? By the power of the gospel, uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit at work on the inside of you, staying plugged in with the local church, having the accountability um, all of those things, man. So, well, let's stay. Let's stay here. Let's stay here just for a second. Yeah, come on. Because I, w- I want to bring up the two things that the church does not look at as addiction, but two things that's killing the church. Mm-hmm. You ready? Come on. Cigarettes and cheeseburgers. Oh, you done went there, man. You I'm gonna go there. You I'm done went there. there. I don't care. I don't care. I'm going there. Hey, you have full liberty on the show, brother. <laughs> because watch this, brother. They will look at that cigarette and be like, this is no big deal. Mm-hmm. Now, let me tell you what happened with me. I'm smoking. Me and my wife are smoking and going to church. Mm-hmm. And we asked somebody at the church and said, will my smoking send me to hell? And the lady said, it might not send you to hell, but it might send somebody else to hell. Mm. So stop and think about it. When I was drinking and people would tell me about Jesus and they were drinking, I said, you know the difference between you and me? You have conviction and I don't. Mm. Wow. Because you're going to go ask God to forgive you of what you did and I don't have to. So we look at it as a little sin. Mm-hmm. Well, I can smoke a cigarette. It's okay. But you don't understand that cigarette's going to turn to something else. Mm-hmm. that beer is going to turn to something else. Because mm-hmm. Listen, when you drink that beer, if you're drinking to get drunk, a six-pack may do it tomorrow, but a 12-pack don't have to do it today. Mm. You smoke that cigarette for a while, well, that dopamine hits my brain and brings down into my prefrontal cortex and starts telling me I'm feeling better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right? That little, that little gerbil starts running to the back and hits that dopamine thing in the back of your mind. And then your body starts reacting to it. Well, now your body wants to react to another one, another one, another one. Now you're smoking mm-hmm. a pack a day. Now let's go back to the cheeseburgers. Now we're out there eating a bunch of junk. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, now, we're, now, now we're not fit for the kingdom. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Come on now. Because the Bible says we're not supposed to be in gluttony. Mm-hmm. We're not supposed to be overweight. We're supposed to be watching this stuff and taking care of our bodies. So mm-hmm. what you're doing is, is that you're slowly committing suicide. Does that mean, Brother Chris, you don't eat a cheeseburger? Man, I'll go eat a cheeseburger right now. <laughs> but I'm going to do about 100 burpees before I go do it so that cheeseburger don't affect me. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So it's how we take care of ourselves and, about, and not allow it to become an addiction in our lives 
to where it begins to kill us. Right. And so many people look at that as such a small thing, but Mm -hmm. anything that would destroy, watch this, the kingdom. Well, if you are the kingdom and you are the church and you're doing something to your body to kill yourself, then what you're doing is you're destroying the very thing that God said, I've set up as a temple. I've set up as a light on the hill for the city to see. Mm-hmm. You know, here, here's one thing that people don't want to talk about in those instances, and it all goes back to the fruit of the Holy Ghost, right? The fruit of the Spirit. One of them happens to be self-control. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if, if you can't ha- operate in self-control when it comes to your diet and your food and things like that, and I'm not sitting here portraying myself, and I know you're not either as this perfect person that just oh, no. you know, is a, a vegan or whatever people would consider no. to be healthy. But, you know, do you have self-control? Like, can't, or are you addicted to something? That's, uh, man, I, I'm glad you touched on that. I didn't even think we was going there, brother. But addiction comes in all types of forms, man. Oh, and I know, you know, I know you're seeing people set free from pornography and all these things Mm -hmm. that's killing and ravaging the church. There's a statistic out there that says 70 something percent of pastors are engaged in porn um, pornography. I mean, it's more than, it's more than that. How in the world can this be in the kingdom? I remember when I got set free from that junk, like four years ago, man, and God delivered me and he, he wants to deliver other, other people as well. Um, but man, you, you do have, you have to want it. So many people are just in complete rebellion to certain things and they, they think they're in sin. I think you would agree with what I'm about to say. There is a difference between sin and rebellion that the, the Hebrew word for sin means actually missing the mark, right? It's compared right. to like archery. That means you're aiming for something. So many people are in rebellion to what the, the gospel has called them to, to what the kingdom has called them to. And they think they're just mixed up in sin and they make an excuse for it. But really it is absolute rebellion um, to what God has called them to. Go ahead. I got you something. You see me looking. So you know mm-hmm. oh, if I'm looking. Come you know on. if I'm looking, I'm, t- I'm turning the pages. Yes, sir. <laughs> I'm turning the pages. James chapter 1, verse 12. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. Mm-hmm. Now go all the way back up to verse two, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Very first chapter of James, James is going to talk about trials. He's going to talk about going through uh, situations in faith. He's going to go into temptation. He's going, he's laying it out thick. Okay. Mm -hmm. Blessed is the man who endures temptation for when he has been approved. Okay. Hold up. There's an approving phase. Mm. He said, once he's been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say that he is tempted, for I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. Right. But right. each one is tempted. Here we go. We're fixing to dig deep. Each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires Come and on. enticed. Mm-hmm. Then when desire has conceived, hold up, conception. How do you get conception? Mm. Only way to have conceptions through intimacy. Right, right. That's so good. So you took the intimacy of God and perverted it Mm. and allowed the enemy, watch this, male or female, allowed the enemy to implant his seed of deception inside of you. Wow, yeah. Mm. So watch this. Anybody that is struggling with addiction you have allowed the enemy to impregnate you. 
Ah, ma, ma, ma. Here we go. He said that desire has conceived once you've been impregnated and you've conceived the seed of the enemy, now you got to feed it so it can grow. And it says it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, grown and mature, mm -hmm. brings forth death. death. Mm -hmm. Here's where we got to repent, Caleb. Many people are repenting, or let's, let's, let's back it up, asking for forgiveness of what they did. Yeah, I talked about that we, yesterday when I preached. <laughs> we know the difference between forgiveness and repentance. Forgiveness right. is... I feel bad. Repentance is I'm sorry. Now I have to change. Mm -hmm. But the prayer here is God. I have to go back to the seed mm -hmm. that was planted in me and command that seed to die and cut off every other thing that would try to feed that seed to produce a baby of death and destruction over my life. So when now, guess what? When that baby is born, you become a slave to it. Mm. Mm. Think about it. When you have a brand new baby, you can't leave that baby. I know all about that. I got a one-year-old right now. I know. So, <laughs> so what? You can't leave that baby at home right. alone. Right. So guess what you do now? You carry it with you everywhere you go. Lord. So what does the baby do when it wants something? Starts crying. Now that sin starts crying. Hey, I need porn. I need a cigarette. I need a cheeseburger. I need a smoke. I need a drink. I need a shot. Mm. That baby starts crying in your ear. And then what you do, you go feed it. He shuts up for a little bit. And now he cries louder the next time. Let me stop. Let me stop right here. Why do we have the situation we're having in our nation right now? Because we got a bunch of whining little babies out there crying for something. And they start crying for it. And if the government gives it to them, they'll be quiet for a second until they want something else. And they'll just start shouting louder. And that, oh, what? So all I got to do is cry and whine and shout. And I can get right, 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 right. That's what we're seeing happening. Even in the body of Christ is we don't understand this thing shouting and screaming and hollering. The body. Timothy says, flee every near appearance of evil. Right. If you got to get up and go run down the street until you're sweating to the oldies or whatever, put on your jogging shorts and leave that. What, listen, flee means flee. Mm -hmm. But we've got to combat the seed. Right. How do you combat the seed? Lord, forget. I ask for the repentance of any seed that I have allowed the enemy to deposit into my life. I wow. curse it to the very core and command it to be uprooted and thrown in the pit of hell where it belongs. Come on, in man. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Wow, that's so, so good, man. That's so, so good. My goodness. I know we kind of got into it a little bit um, with what you were talking about, where we're at in our country. Uh, I want to touch on, you know, briefly with all the predictions from 2020 that came out of, of 2019, you know, briefly real quick, you know, there was a lot of people saying this being the year of perfect vision. And I'm not trying to slander or smash any of those. I mean, because if you really think about it, I think some eyes have been open to some things, mm -hmm. um, but people weren't thinking that it was going to be this type of vision. I think people were, were probably saying that from a different perspective, but um, you know, uh, what do you, what do you think about all those things and kind of where we're at today? First of all, crazy. Mm -hmm. I'll just straight up say it's crazy. 
Um, If you go into it, we could go all the way back to the family and the home. Um, I will go King James Version on you because I like it. We've raised bastards. Mm. We've raised illegitimate children that have not had a father Mm -hmm. and not had true fathers and mothers. And we have allowed them to be turned over to a debased mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Bible even talks about this, uh, and in doing so, what we have done is we have said, whatever it is you want, we'll give you a trophy for just showing up. And that has allowed them to grow. And we've literally fed this thing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you know, pastor, pastor Kevin Wallace said yesterday said, you know, and I've heard it said before, Adam and Eve dealt with a snake and in revelations, we're dealing with a dragon feeding it. Somebody fed that joker. Mm-hmm. All right. Why didn't they cut his head off? Right. Right. In the name of Jesus. Um, I don't so want to, huh? I don't mean to interrupt you. Something you said just a second ago, I've got to touch it. You talked about uh, this generation being raised up with fathers being out of the home. I could not help, but it sparked something in me too. And we've talked about this before. What's going on in the physical, I believe is a lot of the times a reflection of what's going on in the spiritual Absolutely. in the church. I believe we've raised up a generation without fathers as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, um, when I grew up in church, I was told what not to do, but not told what to do. Oh, uh, yeah. Instead of being told Jesus loves me, I was just told don't, 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 don't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, well, okay. One generation, all right, the 50s and the 50s and 60s, they come through the Great Depression. This generation come into the 60s. We've got Vietnam. Now we've got the Jesus generation that comes through. Everybody loves everybody. Then we shift over to the, all right, we've got to stop this. Mm-hmm. Literally, the Jesus generation, when it comes through, everybody was about love and loving one another. People were getting saved. Yeah. Well, the challenge is they didn't like hippies. Right, right. They didn't like the long-haired people walking around in flip-flops, and they were loving Jesus. So the church shifted and went another direction and actually kicked them out of the church mm-hmm. and started preaching on hell in a bad way instead of a good way to show people you don't want to go there. But instead it became this fearful thing and the church literally shut down a generation instead of teaching them how much God loves them. That generation is not, not even in the church and it's my generation. It's the forties mm-hmm. to sixties. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd say that I ain't in the 60s. I'm in my 40s. But there's a 10, 20-year generation right there yeah. that are not in the church. And what they did, they said, I'm not going to train my kids the way that they train me. So we're going to teach our kids differently. Mm-hmm. In doing so, they spared the rod. They spoiled the child. And right. now we got kids running around with Molotov cocktails and all this other mess. Now, they said, well, what if you had a father in the home and the kid turned out that way? Now we have absentee fathers we need to talk about that they they thought, well, I'll go out there and make a lot of money and work hard and all this stuff so my kids won't have to. But in doing so, there was still no relationship. Right, we we right. shut down, Caleb. We shut down in the era of relationship. Mm-hmm. I've said this for years. What would turn around the nation? A legitimate father in a home. What right. would turn around the church? When fathers pre-stand up and start, okay, Thank God you can mow a yard, cook some brisket and fried chicken, and you know how to paint a wall. But if you mm-hmm. don't learn how to pray, church, fathers, priests, right. we ain't going to get no better. Right. We've got to have the men of God showing up to prayer meetings, men mm-hmm. of God showing up and saying, this is the direction and prayer and guidance of where it is that we are supposed to go. Without that, we are perishing. Right, right. 
Man, you hit it right on the head, man. You hit it right on the head. Now, if you want me to talk about the 2020 thing. Yeah. I'll hit that real quick. Yeah, hit it quick. Yeah, go ahead, bro. We missed it. Mm. Nobody saw it coming. I don't care who they are. Nobody saw COVID coming. Nobody saw us wearing masks. Nobody saw the riots coming. 2020 vision. You must have had some trifocals on that you were not looking good or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Go get some new glasses. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to be rude or anything. And let me go ahead and put this up there. Anybody that's jumping up right now saying, I saw it coming, is a liar in the name. Don't don't try to come back and backtrack on it and say, you've mm-hmm. seen it. Yeah. That, that's, that's doom and gloom. I make money. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. just, I'm just not into that. I mean, yeah, we had blood moons. We were supposed to be out of here in November of 2018. We're still here. Mm-hmm. Okay. So because everybody thinks, you know, the Bible says no man knows the day or the hour or the time. Well, that he's yeah, coming. Yeah. What we do know is when he shows back up, it's going to be in the days of Noah. They'll be given in marriage. They'll be working in the field. They'll be going on with life. Like nothing's wrong. Mm-hmm. Jesus himself said, do not be afraid when you hear of wars and rumors of wars and all this other mess. It ain't right, time. Right. He said, it'll be time when I say it's time. That being said, I heard the Lord say that 2020 was a double door year. Mm-hmm. The first half of the year, the enemy tried to shut it. Right. January of this year, the Lord said, Chris, I don't want you to spend any money and I want you to hold on to everything till July. Wow. I did speak about it. But I didn't get real in depth about it. I just heard it from the Lord and told my people that I talked to that listen to my podcast and stuff and watch my videos. I said, look, I heard the Lord say, do this. This isn't a thus saith the Lord for you. I heard the Lord say, do this and hold on because I didn't know what was coming. Mm-hmm. I also heard the Lord say that in July, we were going to see a shift in the economy. I heard the Lord say that there was going to be what the enemy tried to shut in the first half of the year, God was going to open up and the double door would be open. The first door would be shut, but there would be a double door that's going to swing open in the second half of the year. Mm. That is going to be glorious and no man can get the credit. Only God's going to be able to get the credit. Come on. I believe right now that coronavirus, yes, it is bad. And there are some um, bad cases. And yes, we have seen some deaths, but I do believe that from what I have heard from nurses and people working in hospitals, that the numbers are inflated, that Mm -hmm. if somebody goes in with a broken arm and has a sniffle, they claim that they have COVID. We have people that we know that took, that were supposed to go in for a COVID test, did not show up to the test and got a, a letter in the mail that said they had COVID. Wow. They didn't even go to the doctor because they, they called him up and said, I can't make it. I'm not going to be able to come. I'll have to reschedule. And then all of a sudden, two days later, they get a letter in the mail that says, we regret to inform you or whatever that you have COVID-19. How do you know I had COVID-19 when I didn't even go to the doctor? My, my, my. They're, the enemy is doing everything he can to shut up the mouths of the church. Mm-hmm. 2020, 876 or 8759, 875, you know, the Jewish calendar, this was the declaration of the beginning of a decade of pay, which is the prophetic word of the of the mouth. Yeah, and it's trying to be muzzled. What did the enemy do? Shut the church down. Now watch this. Even I stood up and said, look, if we need to shut it down for a little bit, they're not telling us we couldn't preach. Then they said, we just got to shut it down to make sure we kill all this. All right, Romans 13, we'll obey our authority. Right. Now they're saying out in California, you can't sing, 
You can't worship. You can't. No, 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 yeah, no, no, no. Now right, you done right. messed up. Yeah. Now the church better get ready to mm-hmm. uh, either go start singing in prisons and start pulling some Paul and Silas stuff out. Yep. Or you fix to start seeing some stuff shut down if we allow the crazies to try to run the church. Well, now the church needs to stand up. Mm-hmm. Now it's time to start talking. Now it's time to start exercising our God-given right in this country and exercising our right as a Christian and start communicating the word of the Lord. So the second half of the year, I believe, is going to be based upon a couple of things. You ready? Mm-hmm. Are we still good? Yeah, yeah, you're good. Okay. Matthew chapter 5, we start reading. Jesus is talking. He goes through the Beatitudes. I'm going to read them off to you. He, talks, talk, he starts talking about the similitudes. He starts, Jesus fulfills the law. He talks about murder and adultery, divorce, oaths, uh, retaliation. He talks about love, charitable deeds. Gets into verse 6, starts talking about prayer, fasting, wealth. He goes on down, talks about judging. Ask and it will be given to you. Hello, call those things that aren't as though they are. Right. That's over here in chapter 7. And then he gets into the golden rule, two ways of life. Hello, entering by the narrow gate. Then he goes into false teaching, the true way into the kingdom. And then he gets down here before we get into chapter eight. And uh, what is this right here? Matthew chapter seven, verse 24. He said, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken to him to a wise man who has built his house on the rock. Mm. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and it beat upon the house. What's happening to the church right now? It's being beat upon. Mm. Yep. Unfortunately, we have seen a lot of ministries crumble since March. Pastors have quit. Churches have shut their doors. They've gone under. Mm-hmm. It says the descended and the rain came, the winds blew and beat upon the house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. Right. Caleb, we're finding out what churches right now have not been really built upon the rock. Come on. Yeah. Everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. And the rain descended and the flood came and the winds blew and beat on the house and it fell and great was its fall. Mm. This is not a doom and gloom type thing like the church ain't going to make it. What I'm saying is, is the church needs to dig deeper and find bedrock. Mm. We've been living in silt. We've been living on sand. Yeah. Our faith has been based upon our American traditions instead of our biblical kingdom traditions. Oh, come on. Yeah. Now, you, you know me. I'm a patriot. I was in the military. I love this country. I, God bless America and all of it. But I'm a kingdom kid before I'm an American kid. That's right. That's when right. I'm God, then I'm country. That's right. Always. Yeah, and in doing yeah. so, if I will build my life upon the foundation of the rock and dig deep as I can into the word of God and begin to proclaim the word of the Lord as I dig deeper to the rock, no hell, no plague, no pestilence, no tragedy, nothing shall come against my family and, or destroy the church. For the gates of hell may rise up, but it shall not prevail over the church. Yes, yes, yes. Those that have built upon the rock and they have put their stake in the ground and said, I'm not moving. Mm-hmm. It is now time for the silent majority to start talking, mm-hmm. to start declaring the word of the Lord. I, I'm putting this out everywhere. Hashtag vote the value of your faith. Mm. Hashtag vote faith. 
If you're not voting faith, come November, I don't care what your political party is. If they don't line up with the word of God, you can't vote for them. Right, right. I've said, I've said it this way. If somebody that you vote for says it's okay to commit an abortion, you just became an accessory to murder if you vote for them. I've been saying that for a while, man. People don't understand that. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to vote organization. But in doing so, people say, well, you can't bring church and state together. Go read Daniel chapter 6. Yeah. Go read Daniel chapter 6, how Daniel stood against the government. Mm -hmm. Well, we don't want to do that because we don't get, want to get thrown into a fiery furnace. That's the problem. Mm. that's the problem right. you've right. been living in western christianity instead of christianity right well what with, with peter and and john there standing before the sanhedrin should we listen to you or shall we listen to god that's right we're going to preach the gospel we're going we're to preach the gospel speak. we're going to preach the gospel we are going to keep testifying to the fact of what our king has done and who he is my goodness, Ooh. I'm about to get fired up. Go hey, ahead. I love that scripture. So what we need is somebody in the government to step up and do what they did in that scripture. For it was a man that went to the governor and said, hey, what should we do with these men? He goes, you can't do nothing to them. That's right. That's right. Somebody in the government stood up and said, what good is it going to do for you to put them in prison? They're going to keep preaching the gospel. It'd be better mm -hmm. just to leave them alone. My goodness. Raise them up, Lord. Do it in the name of Jesus. Yes, yes, yes. Chris, real quick, as we're wrapping this thing up, do you have any any word or anything that God you feel is speaking to you in this season, or did you kind of touch on that? Or is I believe that's what else? I was touching on. Yeah, I believe that's what I was touching on there in the rock. Yeah, um, right. I could go into some other stuff that I heard the Lord say um, to me about the number four, um, about I've been seeing the number 444 coming about, and it involves itself when the creation of the world and the world coming together with the kingdom and the two are colliding together and mm -hmm. the kingdom is going to overtake what the world has been doing. Mm -hmm. And we are actually stepping into the third quarter of our year, but the fourth quarter of the Jewish history year. And in that fourth quarter of three, my God, father, son, Holy mm -hmm. ghost and all this, right. we're, we're going to see a shift when the, listen, the church has got to go deep. Yeah. Church has been silent too long. We've been hiding. There's no reason for you to hide. The church has got to step up and speak and begin to communicate the voice of the Holy Ghost mm -hmm. and, and speaking in truth and love. Right, right. And telling, the, telling folks who we are, where we're going, and what we're doing. But the biggest thing is it doesn't matter what storm comes to your house. If you're built upon the rock, you're going to live. Dig deep. That's the word of the Lord that you have, right? Digging deep, getting to the bedrock getting into the deep things of God so that we can withstand the, the, the storm. I, I believe too, we're, we're in a pruning season as well with all this craziness. Yeah. I mean, those who are really ready, ready to follow after Christ that are running after God will withstand the storm. But, but that, that pruning is, is meant to, to chop that those ends off that aren't producing fruit. And Jesus told us um, that he would do so, man, Chris, Thank you, dude, for coming on today on the show. I love it. Just pouring out your heart, man. I know you have a heart for the kingdom. I love what you talked on, Amen. too. I've been talking with so many ministers and, and folks about that. We've got to have a kingdom mentality before yeah. we have a political one. Yeah, I yes. mean, and and here here's the thing. If you have a kingdom mentality, the kingdom mentality will point you to uh, whatever the political issue is in the right light. Yes, you know, we we touching on 
you know, that's, that's the hot topic of, of, of abortion. It has been the, the innocent bloodshed of children in this country is an absolute travesty. And once mm-hmm. we come out of this, this will be known as the greatest genocide that the world has ever seen. Mm-hmm. And when you vote for someone who believes in this and that, that is willing to be a part of it, I would, I just, I've said it time and time again, I've even said it on this show. I would hate to stand before God one day and, and have to answer for that. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just a horrible, terrible, terrible thing, but, uh, man, you made so many great and valid points today, man. Um, but you know, the, the kingdom must be advanced. I, I honor you so much in what it is that you're doing for the kingdom, seeing people set on, free man. and delivered, man, fathering so many young men, such as myself, um, in the kingdom, you and Davey, um, honor your wife, uh, Davey, we love you guys so much. And yeah, Kelsey, you're just so, so grateful for you guys and to have y'all in our life. Chris, tell them real quick how they can get a hold of you, how they can follow you, how they can see you, get you to come in, preach at their churches for any pastors listening to. How can, how can yeah. they get a hold of you, brother? ChrisBrooksMinistries.com is our website. There you can go and find all the information that you need. We're also on Facebook at Chris and Davey Brooks or Chris Brooks Ministries on our Facebook page. Uh, every morning we wake up and we do a devotional called Garage Time where we go out in the garage and we just uh, release the prophetic word of the day before I get into the work, the workout of the day, yeah, <laughs> before yeah. my workout. So we'll get out there and do that. Um, we have a bunch of information there, how to get in touch with us and whatnot and book us if you want us to come in. We have some shirts available we've been doing um, called Revival Lifestyle about yeah, living a revivalistic lifestyle every single day. Um, I have another one that I've just done. I need to get this to you, bro. It's going to be awesome. But yeah, it's man. called, it says on it, it says, if it doesn't challenge you, it won't change you. Oh, come and on. It's now. about the process of our thinking and the metanoia of our mind that it, yeah. what I'm doing is not being challenged by God. It'll never change or have an effect in the nation. Uh, as well as I have a book out written about my journey um, according to the life of Peter. And I talk Mm -hmm. about all my life journey and a situation that I had as a minister where I come close to suicide and how God delivered me. Um, It's called Restoring True Identity. And I really believe that that's what America needs today is we need uh, our identity restored in God. Come on. And in doing so, that you'll find that and find out who you are as a true son and a true daughter. So that information's on there. And any other that you would want to be a part of our ministry, we'd love to have you. Awesome, man. Awesome. Pastors who are listening to this and checking this out. If you bring Chris and Davey in, I just, I just endorse them so much. I mean, you are bringing in uh, some, some folks that really hear from the Lord, operate in the prophetic, and they're not just coming uh, to have a speaking engagement. We're talking about true Holy Ghost parties, right, brother? I Come mean, on, every I've time we get it, together. I've seen it break loose time and time <laughs> again, man. So uh, we just honor you in that, man, and love you. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Recovery to Recovered podcast where there, we believe that there is a road to recovery, but it ends on a street called Redeemed. Recovery isn't something that happens to you. It's something that happened in you by the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Recovery to Recover podcast. If you like what you heard today, visit BeTheBushMinistries.com or MiriamHouse.com to become a monthly partner or for more info about our ministry and what we are accomplishing for the kingdom of God. You can also follow me on Facebook at Caleb McCall or on Instagram at Pastor Caleb Mack. See you next week.